Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Meteor Row. Quotes. First off, the fans love the Suns. I want to be in a place where they're excited and exhilarated about winning and being part of something. Also, it's a destination. Players want to go there. This is not like, I won't mention cities, but I live in Detroit. It's freezing here. People want to be there. The tax situation is good. It checks all the boxes. That is a snippet, a quote from Matt Ishbia in a piece published on The Athletic by Doug Haller yesterday, the day that Matt Ishbia took control of the Phoenix Suns, his introduction press conference is today at 11.30 over at Footprint Center just adding to uh, the madness of this sports week here in the Valley of the Sun. Yeah, uh, We'll get a lot more questions answered about at least the early tenure and goals and uh, outlook of Matt Ishbia, Sun's owner. Let's get right to the lead of it all. The Isaiah Thomas matter is what is the lead element of of the Matt Ishbia thing this morning because of what you just said. There's a couple of good profiles on Matt Ishbia that were pre-reported because Doug Haller and Dwayne Rankin, our industrious journalists, and, and went out and did the legwork, and, and and I'm guessing all of that was filed before all, and it was, before all of what went down last night happened to go down. Crispy Haynes reporting on TNT that Isaiah Thomas would, according to multiple sources, would be hired to a prominent role in the Suns front office. Now, in those interviews, Matt Ishbia makes it clear that nothing imminent is going to happen, meaning he's not going to roll in today and start appointing people. And, and making people move out of their offices, it's going to happen over the course of time. But if for anybody who's familiar with Isaiah Thomas's tenure as a head coach and team architect in New York, it's quite a curious uh, supposition that he is going to be the guy to lead us into a near new era of basketball, especially when Isaiah Thomas was the central figure in $11.5 million settlement the Knicks had to play, pay with a woman who accused Isaiah Thomas of, of some pretty nasty things. Mm-hmm. And that's not exactly the first step you want to make. No. When no. The, the sole reason why you've been able to become an NBA owner at this juncture is because the previous guy's work culture was under the microscope for as long as it was in, in Robert Sarver. Um, so, look, that was out there last week. Crispy Haynes reported it. There was... It, it kind of had elements reminded me a little bit of the June Jones Arizona State thing for far different reasons. But when it was put out there once upon a time in uh, 2011, 2012, whenever it was, mm-hmm. June Jones is going to be the next head coach of Arizona State football. And I don't think this was fair to June Jones, but the fan base responded. They responded loudly. They responded de- definitively. They didn't want that to be the case. ASU reversed course. I don't know how much of what transpired last night in a very short amount of time was based on social media response, but man, there was a lot of it last night. Oh, yeah. Chris B. Haynes made oh, that yeah. report on TNT. Yeah, it was a combination of disbelief and outrage that, that the very reason why Matt Ishbia has this franchise now is because of a toxic toxic workplace culture um, laid down by the previous owner. That's the only reason this window opened for Matt Ishbia and then to kind of subject the organization to the same thing that's 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 not good it's uh that's a mistake and and i'm i'm glad that somewhere along the line if if this were something that they had thought of doing i'm glad they corrected it last night yes. because that that would have turned Matt Ishbia's opening press conference into a circus today it's already going to have a lot of questions about this sure. and and i i hope he's going to provide some clarity on this because 
Yeah, it, it's that. That, as I said earlier, we are all very, very excited about what Matt Ishbia might be able to bring to this party. Uh, meaning um, his wealth, his resources, his generosity, his willingness to spend. Um, but, but at the same time, you don't want him being that much of a fanboy where he is surrounding himself with nothing but MSU legends. That's not going to get you an NBA championship. No, as you guys uh, pointed out earlier, also. Isaiah Thomas was also a terrible executive. He, he, Take yeah. away all the off-the-field stuff, he would yeah. have been a, ter- a weird hire. Yeah. Certainly got away from him at the end, the uh, the Eddie Curry trade. There was a lot of bad stuff that he did. That uh, Steve Francis, the desperation moves, it, it ran the Knicks into the ground is what it did. And and so by the end of Isaiah's four or five years, in New York, whatever it was, I mean, they basically were winning one out of four games. And yeah, it, it's, it, to me, it, it, the, we'll get the clarity today. So None yes. of us have to go too crazy today, but this is a little warning sign, again, that you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, I'm real flare. curious to see what flare. The, the explanation is on all of it. Now, people are asking now, big picture, what kind of an owner will Matt Ishbia be? Time will tell, but you know, reading the, you're watching the videos, reading the profiles, this is a guy who is very energetic, and judging from how the empire that he built... United Wholesale Mortgage, he is a very, very hands-on guy. Yeah. To the point where, you know, Doug Haller's piece pointed out, Matt Ishbia does not schedule meetings on Thursdays because he likes to check in on, uh, you know, different departments and meet with people that he doesn't know in those departments to get to know them. Right. That as the head of this guy who's who's built this empire from a very, very small company that his father started, he'll eat in the lunchroom. He is, is it possible... And, and look, this is still his primary business, the, the UWM. Mm-hmm. The Phoenix Suns now, he's an owner. Can you be hands-on and distant at the same time? Well, because I think that's the combination okay. that will be at the start. This is the, well, this is the question you've got to ask. Um, in both those pieces, you get, you get the picture of a guy whose motto is, um, you're not going to outwork me because I'm going to be putting in as many hours as you, if not more. Mm-hmm. And, and if that is the case, if I'm better than you, I am going to win. Because you're not going to outwork me. And if I'm better than you, that means I am going to win. That's his whole motto. Okay, so how do you reconcile that? If you take over the Suns, how do you give the Suns that kind of time if you want to be that kind of owner and then give United Wholesale Mortgages your, that kind of time that built that company into that? That's his deal. I mean, I, I don't know how he's going to strike that balance, but you know how it is with these sports teams. I mean, Robert Sarver built a banking empire. He was if you didn't know any better, you thought the Suns was his only job with as often as he was around for was most around. of his tenure. Yeah. 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 And at least at the beginning, I know that the, the Haller piece talked about Ishbia wants to buy a house here, of course. You know, you're a billionaire. What, what's what's buying a house in another city? But how much time will he spend early on I know. here um, well, at the possible expense of his, his other business ventures? Well, and, and again, it's nobody knew who Matt Ishbia was. Nobody knew about his work ethic. Nobody knew about his great workplace culture until he bought the Suns. So the vanity play of owning a sports team it's irresistible for yes. people. The yeah. only, one who, only one who knew him was Dan Gilbert, apparently. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he knew all about his competitiveness. And his, yeah, and that's okay. I'm glad that he is that competitive. I, I, you have to be to, to win any. I mean, you're going up against the most competitive people in, in, in America. So, 
Uh, off we go. Uh, there was I was not expecting. I wonder how Crispy Haynes feels about all of this this morning. Yeah. Now that he now that oh and TNT going live with that report that soon into the broadcast last night. That was a that wasn't a oh uh, by the way guys I got something hot. Give me a couple extra seconds here. Yeah, that was a. Look at what we're reporting. Yeah, this is what I've been working on. Yeah. The first yes. time out that you go to me, I'm breaking this news. <laughs> yes. All right. Who's source? Are you sure about this? Absolutely. And I don't. I don't fault him. I, I think it was concrete at one point. And I think. There I was, think, uh, and it still might be. Yeah. It, it's just not going to be anytime soon. One thing I do know: Matt Ishbia, day one, second best player among NBA owners already. Behind Michael Jordan. Uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. There's nobody below Michael Jordan any better. Ishbia versus Cuban. Who you taking? Ishbia. Ishbia against Genie Bus. Who you taking? <laughs> Genie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, you're right. That's a really good point. <laughs> or is it? Is it? I don't know. I don't it's know. A, it's, it's a point. A point. Listen, <laughs> listen, we've got a new owner. I am going to remain very positive. It's it's everything I dreamed about with this basketball team. So yeah. I'm just going to hope last night was a little blip. Yeah. Right? A little oops. Sorry about that. Didn't mean it. Texas, we will cover that uh, press conference live here on Arizona Sports. 11.30 is when Matt Ishbia will be uh, uh, holding that press conference over at Footprint Center, and you can hear it all right here. You can text your thoughts also to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, where are all the Kyler Murray defenders? It's a good question at this point of the Cardinals coaching search. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from Media Row Super Bowl 57 at Phoenix Convention Center. Our coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings with Canvas Annuity here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Media Row. I actually told Mr. Bidwell this, too. Uh, um, he's a, a very intelligent, great human being. Um, and, and your quarterback would love him. Uh, he'd challenge him uh, to be better than he even is now. But he'd do a, he'd do a great job. He'd challenge the team. And uh, I think the guys would respond. He played in the National Football League. I had a chance to draft him out of Northwestern. And so, uh, you know, I think he'd be uh, tremendous for for the city, for the Bidwell family, you know, and for you all. That's Andy Reid, the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, talking about Mike Kafka, a coach that was on Andy Reid's uh, staff for a while, now the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants, and one of two candidates remaining in this head coaching search for the Arizona Cardinals, the other being defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I guess like there's Andy Reid talking about what Mike Kafka could bring to Arizona, but I guess a question that's developing and really becomes at the heart of all of this now, Bick, because of recent comments and a lot of candidates dropping out of contention, does Mike Kafka want to work with Kyler Murray? Well, when this started, a lot of this was how much influence will Kyler Murray have on this coaching search? How much say-so will he have on who he wants to work with? Uh, As this has developed into the second month 
uh, of of interviews and searching and yeah. scouring for your next head coach. I think it's a, a two way conversation. So, now. so how is it that that a guy that once employed Mike Kafka and Andy Reid could rave about him, and a guy that covers him currently doesn't? How is that possible? I mean, we are talking about, on, on both ends of the spectrum, one man's opinion. Uh, it's not in a coach's DNA to badmouth a coach that was ever on No, 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 no. But we've, I mean... I've heard glowing reports about Mike Kafka as well. Mm-hmm. We just happened to talk to Dan Duggan from from the Athletic, who covers the Giants, and you know he was underwhelmed. You know, he said as much on our show. He like, did. I'm kind of surprised that he's a candidate at this point, uh, although he was a candidate on other people's coaching search list as well. Okay, so so I think Mike Kafka again. This is this is something where I'm not saying that it, it isn't going to work, but I think at a very pivotal time in this franchise's. Um, um, future and where this whole thing is going, this is a, a monumental hire. Now, if you're going to ask me if I had to choose between Mike Kafka and Lou Anarumo at this point in time, I'm taking Mike Kafka. And and I'm going to keep Vance Joseph as my defensive coordinator even though I do not like at all the message sent when you reward and keep key members of the pre-existing culture that was so terrible. Um, it, what, what's amazing to me is that um, for all the for all the clapback that that Cliff Kingsbury's most vocal critics received, and you and I were among them, they are effectively telling us if they hire Mike Kafka that the only issue was Cliff Kingsbury, that we can fire him, keep the entire other staff in place, drop in a new head coach, and everything is going to be just fine. I mean, yes. If that actually occurs, though, Mike Kafka, I'm sure he doesn't have a, a, a deep number of NFL connections, but he has been around the league. Mm-hmm. You know, would he ha- have contacts that could step into key coordinator roles? If that were but, to happen, oh, you and, would, and the possibility is there. Okay. If it's Kafka and then everybody else remains the same, first of all, again, you're neutering a first year head coach. Um, you're, you're giving him the job, but you're giving complete uh, parameters to it. We're, we've got your staff, don't worry about it. Do what you do, but do it with our people. It is the wrong first step completely. And I'm not just if, talking about it in a Cardinals oh, yeah. stance. Any team that does that is doing it wrong. If if the Cardinals wanted to come out and say, listen, we're going to be upfront about this. Our last guy in way over his head. You all see it. You all knew it. We tried to protect him, but, we got, but we've got the infrastructure here. We've got a really good coaching staff. The bones and the skeleton of a really good coaching staff here. We need to get the head coach right. We found him. This guy named Mike Kafka, everybody raves about him. That would hit a little differently than it's going to hit the way it's going to be presented. Because Mike Kafka is going to look like our worst nightmare. And I'm talking about theoretically. Young head coach, happy to be here, willing to to take the job on the owner's conditions. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, this is what got the Suns and Robert Sarver in the muck for 10 years. And, and that's what it's going to feel like. Now, maybe Mike Kafka is going to be exactly what this organization needs, and I fully expect it's going to be him. Uh, MJ reported yesterday that the team is going to unveil their head coach on Tuesday, which means they've already made up their mind. 
Yes. They're just not. They're just not saying so until after the Super Bowl is left town. Unless they've set a deadline. Hey, we got to have this figured out by Tuesday. So give me your pros and cons, everybody. Yeah. And so and so if 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 you put it all together and and that is basically Mike or Brian Flores taking the job in Minnesota and, and now you're down to a couple of guys, one defensive minded, one offensive minded, um, in and you're clearly not going to wait to interview anybody from the Super Bowl because if you're going to make an announcement on Tuesday. I don't know when you're going to do that. Yeah, true. Okay, you, know, so, you know Mike Kafka is younger than Colt McCoy? I I do know that. He's, what, 35? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so I maybe maybe they maybe this is the guy. I'm not saying he couldn't be. But it, it would be quite something for a guy that I had never heard of six months ago to be that guy. It would be quite something. And again, I know Mike Kafka played the position. I know he was a quarterback. I know he played football. But in the but in the orbit of coaches, this guy was a non-entity, meteoric uh, to a degree. But a lot. I mean, one year as the coordinator or desperate from in terms uh, a product of the marketplace. Maybe I don't know. But But it just goes to show you, if you you make any impact at all early on with a team that has struggled, and he did that with the New York Giants. I mean, they were a playoff team. You know, their offense wasn't great shakes. But, you know, Pat Leonard covers the the Giants for New York Daily News and was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. And he, he kind of talked about you know what Kafka was able to do to that offense in terms of simplifying it. Talking to the players throughout the season, especially kind of midway through when it really started to become clear, okay, this is different. What we're watching is different. You could tell and you could hear from players that the plays you watched on the field looked more complex than they were, which is to say Kafka and Dable installed a lot of core concepts that the team kind of practiced and got right. But then they were able to get to those same concepts and plays, and if they wanted to target a certain player or take advantage of a specific matchup, they could do it through a lot of different types of formations. A great example would be, you know, trying to throw the ball to Saquon Barkley against a linebacking core that's suspect, running it as a screen out of the backfield, and then maybe lining Saquon up as a slot receiver in a stack formation. Yeah, so a lot of a simplification of the offense, which wouldn't wouldn't be a bad thing for Kyler Murray either at this point of his career. Uh, yeah, I, again, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know about that. I think a different kind of offense. He needs he needs to be in a more uh, a more hybrid kind of offense that we saw David Blau operating in at the end of last year. Something well, that gets him on the run, rolling out, bootlegging here, waddling the there, yeah. that kind of stuff. So I don't know about the oversimplification. The guy's four years into it. I mean, how how simple does it have to be at this point in time? I I just I I think that. I I really believe Michael Bidwill has gone into this thing knowing that they've got to get somebody who is willing to show some tough love to Kyler Murray. I I don't think that that is going to be uh, negotiable with Michael Bidwill. So I I, I think that if Mike Kafka is the guy, when he gets unveiled, there's going to be a strong accountability bent to everything he says. Because I think that's going to... Because that's that's a key element of this job going forward. Has to be. Again, I I don't know what it's going to mean because if you, if you're Mike Kafka and you've had this quick rise to the top here the question becomes all right who, who do you have ready to come to Arizona with you to be your 
you know, your assistant coaches, your guys, your yeah. crew. Because you would have to be, if you were a young dude, you would have to really believe in Mike Kafka to go, I'm going to attach myself to that train. I'm going to Arizona where there's where there's all this anxiety about the quarterback who's not even healthy. These guys are they're managing their own careers. They are. So is he going to really be able to pull off a staff? Good luck. Yeah, we shall see. Maybe. <laughs> we, yeah. we don't know where this is going, but uh, it certainly appears to be going in that direction. Coming up next, Sarah Gazelle helps us go through the big stories of the day with the Rush Hour reboot. That is next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everyone. Welcome into Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Rush Hour Reboot. We take you through all of the top stories of the day at this time, uh, starting with... Well, a lot going on with the Phoenix Suns. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Vince Marotta. Good morning. Good morning. Jarrett Carlin back in studio. Busiest, buzziest, booziest. Maybe. Okay. Maybe it's a bathroom break. Who knows? All that, right. didn't, that didn't play? No. no. What'd you play? Huh. Busiest, buzziest, booziest. Yeah. Uh, Did you hear that? No. 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 Shut up, Jared. Do you no, hear me? Not. Yes, we hear you. Fortunately, let's Just, move on. We do hear you. Okay. Let's get to the Matt Ishbia era, which is officially underway here in the Valley. The deal closed yesterday. He will be introduced today, a few hours from now, like I said in the update, at 1130. And we will have that press conference on Arizona Sports. Um, He's already had his first bump in the road, guys. During the Suns' win over the Nets last night, Chris Haynes, who's a sideline reporter for TNT, he reported on the broadcast that Ishbia plans to bring in former Knicks GM Isaiah Thomas and the NBA legend to the Suns' front office. I was able to talk with uh, Matt a little bit briefly this morning, and this is what he wanted me to relay. He said, I invested in this team because I believe the Suns can be the best organization in the NBA. We have the fans, the market, and the talent to compete for a title every single year, and that's what I intend to do. And guys, another thing he intends to do, sources inform me, that he intends to bring on Isaiah Thomas, the Hall of Famer, to have a prominent role within the front office. So Isaiah Zeke, that is, will collab with James Jones in the front office. That's a big move right there. Very definitive right oh, there. Yeah. He will oh, yeah. collab with James oh, yeah. Jones in the front and, office. And punctuated with, that's a big move that's right big, there. That's right. So, as we've already established on the show this morning, when Isaiah Thomas was GM of the New York Knicks, he was involved in a lawsuit that settled for $11.6 million um, for alleged sexual harassment in the workplace and then retaliation after this uh, woman was fired for Uh, As the report put it, collecting other people to kind of revolt against Nick's leadership. Um, He also, just from a basketball perspective, was not really loved as a GM either. Um, So about 45 minutes after the Chris Haynes report came out on the TNT broadcast, a PR rep for Ishbia's camp issued a statement to reporters, including our own Kellen Olson, denying the hire, saying Isaiah Thomas will not have a position in the Suns front office and he will not be part of the transition. 
So Rick Buecher of Fox Sports put something out there that we talked about on yesterday's show. And then, of course, Chris Haynes put it on the broadcast last night. Do you think that they had bad information or was this Ishbia's camp testing the water to see how Suns fans would react? I, I don't think it was either. I think it I think it was real information that probably was not going to happen until the beginning of next season. But this is this has been referred to by multiple sources. This was reported a couple of days ago. Um, I, I do believe that this very much was the intention of Maddish being the new regime. And we'll find out if it still is yes. down the road. But, but it won't be now. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with Vic because of what Matt Ishbia said in a couple of profiles that have been published on him was, hey, I'm not going to make big changes immediately. That would fl- Bringing Isaiah Thomas in from the outside, a guy who hasn't worked in an NBA front office since 2007, that would qualify as a big change regardless yeah. of whether anybody else lost their job immediately. So um, this still could be in the future. Uh, we will get clarification today. Yeah, yeah I know. and who knows what it means uh, is Isaiah Isaiah Thomas already counseling Matt Ishbia. Was it was he behind the Kyrie Irving trade attempt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what does James Jones feel about all this? It's going to be interesting to see where it's all going, Sarah. Yeah. Do you does this take the shine off of the Matt Ishbia no. transfer of power at all? No, no. It, it's a it's what it is. What we talked earlier. It's a, it's a it's a warning flare that okay, all right. It's. Uh, Bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Matt Ishbia will uh, join uh, Wolf and Luke today, too, by the way. Tremendous. Yeah. Stay tuned for right, that. The plan right now is about around 12.30 after the press conference. All right, okay, good. So yeah. press conference 11.30, then yes. stay with Wolf and Luke yes. at 12.30. All right. Let's get to the actual game part of last night's Suns game. They beat the Nets 116-112. Devin Booker was back after 21 games out with a groin injury. He played 26 minutes, 19 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. And then DeAndre Ayton scored 35. That tied his career high. And he added 15 rebounds. Here is DA after the game, trying to prove my haters wrong, he says. I see what the people say about me. Um, I mean, I I had a... uh I had a bad start of the season. Where it wasn't ankle injuries. Or some other sickness or some crap that got in my way. And this is more like an adversity type of season for me. You know, showing the type of player I truly am, and me just sticking with it and just blocking out all the noise and the haters and all that stuff. Just getting back to the things I do best. And, you know, that's just being honest. All right, a quick shout-out to Mike V. Hill, a Suns podcaster here in the Valley. He pointed out on Twitter that last night's game was just the seventh time this entire Suns season that they have been able to roll out their intended starting five. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikkel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and DeAndre Ayton. Is it encouraging to you or discouraging to you that players like D.A. and Mikkel Bridges have not been able to consistently carry the team without their fellow starters. Would you like to see them be able to do that more or or does it not matter to you now that the starting five is back? It doesn't matter to me now. Uh, and I don't know if it was, especially on Mikkel Bridges' front because he's been the constant uh, on the roster and the mm-hmm. constant on the court That's for the, the Suns because he just left. doesn't miss, miss time. Yeah. Uh, but they were so short-handed at times. You know, I think a lot of it boiled down to, you know, fans just, hey, we're used to winning. Why are we not winning? The guys in the purple should be winning. Um, And, you know, did Mikel Bridges play up to his potential for that that stretch? No, but, I mean, the NBA, you need help. And I don't think there's anything wrong with needing help. 
Yeah, listen, I, I think that it's 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 frustrating, it, not Mikhail Bridges, it's frustrating from a from a DA standpoint that, that when he does choose to lock in like he's done the last couple of days, the, the results can be breathtaking. And it can transform everything that this Tim team thinks about itself. Um, so I, 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 I hope he continues to be motivated. Yeah, I think a lot of Suns fans feel that way. Yeah, but uh, the last couple of results have been very, very positive. Thank mm-hmm. you, Sarah. Thank We're you all guys. rebooted yeah. this morning. Rebooted. The Rush Hour reboot every morning at uh, 7.30. Coming up next, there was another big story we didn't get to in the reboot, and it's not a local story. But LeBron James is now atop the NBA's all-time scoring list. We will react to it next. Spickley and Murata mornings. Live from Media Row, Super Bowl 57. Our Media Row coverage is brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 5.7% on your retirement savings with Canvas Annuity. Spickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, live from the Phoenix Convention Center at Meteor Row. Bickley and Murata mornings, live from Meteor Row, Super Bowl 57 at Phoenix Convention Center. Our coverage brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Westbrook with it. Give it to LeBron at the right elbow. LeBron, one-on-one against Kenrick Williams, backing him in, turns, shoots, scores! There it is! All hail the new king in town! Young and old, gather round from one iconic Laker to another. The king, LeBron James, has passed the captain! That is John Ireland on the Lakers Radio Network with the call last night. LeBron needed 36. He got 38 points in the win. He is the new all-time leading scorer yeah. in NBA history with no signs of slowing down, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is the amazing part. Uh, I know you remember when Kareem broke the record. Uh, and, you know, it, it was at the end of his career. I mean, he, he, was, he was on fumes at that point. Okay, uh, I'm going to tell you an honest-to-God truth story. So as a little tiny kid growing up in Chicago, I was a huge Bulls fan, and back Back in that time, Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played for the Milwaukee Bucks, and I am—I uh, was—I am old enough now to have a vague recollection of watching him in a Bucks uniform, thinking to myself, "This is like a guy from Space Jam. This is like some otherworldly figure that that you just can't beat." That is how good Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yes. was in his prime. I'm going to say something here that's going to think that's going to sound like LeBron hate, but it's really, honestly, not. I swear to God, LeBron James deserves this record because it is a combination of excellence and longevity. Uh-huh. It is not one. It is not the other. It is both. Okay, so I, I want that said, but when I think about the greatest scorers in NBA history, I don't think of LeBron at number one. I think of I think of Jordan. I think of Al Cindor slash Abdul Jabbar. I think of Kobe. Will Chamberlain. I, Will Cham- I don't, and it's because LeBron does so much else. Yeah, and that's and that's what it is. And I'm not trying to hate on him because LeBron, the sum of him, it's the defense. It's it's the uh, the guy in a center's body bringing the ball up the court. It's the assists. He might be the best passer, second best passer in the history of the well, NBA. When he's all said and done, he's probably going to be the leading scorer of all time and the leading. Assist man, which is <laughs> which, which are which are going to be very very hard credentials for the next generation of basketball fans.
can to, to, to remember and elevate Michael Jordan above LeBron. Because yeah. LeBron's, LeBron's body of work, when he does get done, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be breathtaking. The numbers. Oh, it, it, I mean, it already is in a lot of ways, including the scoring record last night. On the court, they stopped the game with 10 seconds to go in the third quarter. It was a presentation on the court. To the NBA, to Adam Silver, to the late, great David Stern, I thank you guys so much for allowing me to be a part of something I've always dreamed about. And um, I would never, ever in a million years uh, dreamt this even better than what it is tonight. So... Man, thank you guys. And the uncensored <laughs> F-bomb on National Well, that's real. That's relatable. Yeah, it is. Um, he also talked after the game about, you know, the magnitude of the record hasn't quite hit him yet. I don't yeah. think it has. I don't think it has hit me. Um, you know, I had a moment, you know, obviously when it happened and, and embracing that moment and seeing my family and my friends and, you know, uh, people that has been, you know, around me since I started this journey, um, even before the NBA. So, you know, I definitely had a moment right there, very emotional, just to, you know, knowing just, you know, me be from a, a kid from a small town in Ohio and, and uh, you know, um, you know, I had a moment there, but I don't think it's really hit me on what what just transpired. Um, um, as much as I tried to live in the moment, it was kind of a blur, um, you know, but, you know, looking back there and seeing my, seeing my guys back there and being, you know, out there on the floor with my kids and my wife and my mom, you know, uh, you know, and, it's a, it's, a, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah, and again, he's he shows no signs of slowing. Thirty-eight points last oh, night in, he, in a loss. Oh, he, dude, he is going to he's going to blow apart the, the, that it, he's going to Emmett Smith the all-time scoring record. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, use it as a verb. This I like is it. this is a great picture. Look at this iconic picture of LeBron James. So he, here he is shooting this iconic fadeaway from the from the free throw line. Yes. Anthony Davis playing very little. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that's not Anthony Davis. Uh, Kenrich Williams. That's right, exactly. Um, Anthony Davis playing very little, though, does work in any situation. <laughs> right. Here is this uh, Timothy Bryant. Is that who that is? Uh, Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant. Yeah. Down on the blocks asking for the ball. I'm thinking, okay, Come on, LeBron, ass, I'm open. Dumbass. <laughs> He's not passing you the ball. And then look at all these people. Look at all these people holding cell phones. Every last one of them down here. Except for, I think that's Phil Knight in the front row. Except for Phil, Phil Knight. Phil who's Knight. watching it? Yeah. Everybody I mean, is holding up cell Bick, I mean, it's not it, th- those people are, are doing uh, a service to themselves because that would not be documented in any other way. They need to have that footage. <laughs> There's no other footage available. It's all to say, <laughs> I was there. Look, isn't that the most pathetic? Th- uh, is that not the most pathetic commentary? How many? Of it's those like pe- people at concerts filming a song. It's like, will you just ro- rock out with it? Yeah. Enjoy the performance. Yes, but. I wonder how many of those people. I wish there was a way to click on their pictures on that individually, picture, and that would link to your, their social media accounts. Because I guarantee they've all posted their crappy footage of where they were. Because the story is about them being there when LeBron well broke the record. Well said. Now over here to the right, we can't see it in the picture. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was sitting. His reaction was priceless. Yes, because he's been very critical of LeBron James. Yes, it it had to be a weird spot for for Kareem to be in. The record stood for a long long time since 1984, uh, and he has been one of LeBron's biggest critics, not necessarily for his basketball, but for his off-the-court comments on, on big social issues, and Kareem right. is a social activist, we know this, but oh, yeah. um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm bittersweet. I'm not a LeBron fan, and you know, for me, for me th- this you know, I saw people say, "Well, this ends the debate now." No, it, no, it really it doesn't. doesn't. Well, the, the debate will never be over. No, it doesn't. For people, especially for people who witnessed the entire career of Michael Jordan or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron James, that's what makes the debate great. Is there's never an end to it. Here, here is, I'm, you know, I'm very pro LeBron, but this is what I've sort of come to conclusion with. No one has ever peaked higher than Michael Jordan. No one has ever been greater longer than LeBron. Okay. Whatever. You know what will end the, the debate? If, if LeBron gets a song that says, I want to be like LeBron. <laughs> it doesn't rhyme. Barrett, can you come up with something like that? Yes. Okay. Um, so I, I think that it's, I said this earlier, somebody on social media had a real funny observation, and that is, could you imagine if somebody like one of LeBron's true haters, and there are people in the NBA who, who don't really dig LeBron, just went and goaltended on his record-breaking shot. Yes. With- <laughs> and even mentioned it, too. We just swat it into the fi- – go up, catch it, and throw it into the fourth row. We glazed over this uh, earlier in the show, but LeBron, in his post-game press conference, said, I know a lot of people wanted me to do the sky hook. That would have been such a slap in the face to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The sky hook is not a big part of LeBron's repertoire, but he, he referenced, like, the fadeaway jumper, uh, my signature fadeaway jumper, or maybe one of my signature dunks. <laughs> like, how many signatures do you have, dude? <laughs> I heard, I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you brought that up. I had the same visceral reaction listening to him talk about that, and now I know why. Because he was well, you know, I, I thought it could be one of my signature dunks, and then well, it was my signature. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about a guy who could do whatever he wants offensively, uh-huh. except win a game against Oklahoma oh. City in, in February. <laughs> right, and they got their full complement of players, by the way, and they're still losing to teams like Oklahoma yeah. City, which is a great story, by the way. The Thunder are having a really good. They're going to be really good in a few years. Uh, but uh, slow clap. Congratulations. Slow claps. Con- congratulations, he's, he's LeBron. Been, he's been called the You've king been real. since You've the been day real. he stepped on an yes. NBA floor. And uh-huh. now, at least from a scoring yeah. standpoint, it's official. Right. Sometimes uh, I dream that I could sing so I could talk all about the king. Ooh, 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 ooh. Wish I could lob. Wish I could flop like Bron. <laughs> if I could be like Bron. Well done, Jared. Not bad on the fly, Ferret. It's he, pretty good. He can do stuff during the course of the show, Bick. <laughs> I guess that... The man is full of surprises, Vinny. Yeah, I guess that was playing for everybody except you, this great thing I was going to stop. Busiest, buzziest, booziest. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Now, now, now it played. Uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620. By the way, right now. Yeah. sorry to interrupt you. I, I actually had a, a, a listener pay us all a very good compliment yesterday. I forgot to tell you this earlier. Said that we are the radio version of the Seinfeld show. Really? Yeah. And this person literally told me you're best when you talk about nothing. That's what was called. That was that. that was right. I'm, I'm like, you I'm, know, it, I'm glad I'm, he specified that, and it wasn't just a show featuring four horrible <laughs> characters <laughs> who are rotten. Three dudes who, and a one woman. Who are rotten to right. the core. Right. That's Three right. One woman. Uh huh. So there you go. You I would to definitely be the Jerry. I guess. I guess by default, you're I would be George. Yeah, you're George. Jared is clearly Kramer. Kramer, yeah. and yeah. Elaine for uh, yeah. Sarah. Yeah. 
except, of course, is there we any know. personality crossover, or is it just that we're both the, the Kramer Jarrett thing might work a little bit? Oh, yeah, and, and no, the Costanza Vinny thing might work. Yeah, the Costanza and the, the self self loathing. Here's, here's and, the perfect example for Costanza. Uh, this, is, this is me to a T. Uh-huh. The episode where uh, George's girlfriend's family cabin that's been in the in the family forever burns down, and this height of crisis. George says to his girlfriend, I noticed you never gave me the change from the tolls. <laughs> <laughs> no, I handed you the big salad. Right. <laughs> All right, Kramer, let's go to break. Yeah, Bick- Bickley Blast is up next. Uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.